Welcome everyone to another Football DNA podcast. I'm really uh, excited to be joined by Mick Dye, uh, someone that not only coached me uh, as a young young player, but someone who I, I know well, um, who's going to be joining us today. And really, it's just uh, an opportunity just to talk around uh, a coach's journey and and really Nick talking about how he stayed in the in the game. Uh, Nick's currently founder and owner of United Soccer Coaching. Uh, he's also director of coaching for Sandcast United and the director of performance for Bay Cities FC. Uh, so originally from the UK, uh, Nick's uh, had some, now some been out, out in the US for some time. So uh, welcome to the to the podcast, Nick. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ross. I'm I'm glad you mentioned our encounters with you as a a young a young up and coming player. Those were good times. Yeah, I won't I won't go into it too much because I can imagine that probably as a player I would have been everything that I would have found difficult as a as a coach, just running, climbing off walls and everything. But um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll, we'll touch on it at some point. Uh, we we have to, I guess. But um, but yeah, thanks for. For joining in so yeah so really today the, the the opportunity for the podcast is just to really uh talk a little bit about your your journey um from um, obviously a little bit of playing background and then going into your to your coaching at, at Norwich to to where you are now so I suppose I don't know if you want to just kick it off from kind of where you first started getting into coaching and talk us through how you've got to where you are at the moment yeah, well, even going further back than that as a player, um, uh, about as average as you can possibly find, I would say. Um, I think even Arsene Wenger's famous quote of, I was the best, I was the best in my village. I think a few few people in my village would argue that one. So, uh, yeah, I uh, obviously loved playing football. Um, uh, played all the way through my youth, played some uh, local and regional football Um but I found a love for coaching pretty early. Uh, it was, uh, I lived opposite a park uh, where I lived in a small village called Puller Market in the south of Norfolk. Um, and that's where everyone used to meet up and everyone used to go play. Um, and, you know, as my friends started getting into playing computer games and, you know, I was still going over the park and all these younger kids were coming and I was like, okay. Uh, so I asked my my grandmother, if I could get some cones for my birthday, she's probably 14, 15 years old. And uh, I used to just go over there and start coaching those kids. Um, so I knew I had a love for it really early on. And, and um, you know, even those kids, I remember one kid at the time, he was trying to get himself into the high school team. He'd never played for a club team. And I just, I just took on that challenge and I enjoyed it so much. And even though I kind of lost my way a little bit and didn't necessarily find coaching as a, as a job until a little bit later in my early 20s, um, you know, I, I, I definitely found my love for it from an early age. Um, then going through that, uh, went to college, um, played football. So I played averagely for my Norwich City College and then uh, went on to eventually work for the Football in the Community Scheme, which is now the um, Community Sports Foundation at Norwich City. Um, which is now a huge organization. But back when I was there, there was, you know, maybe eight or nine of us working there. Um, and that's where I met you, Ross, and um, part of those community initiatives and working with local players and trying to help them and support them get better. Um, and then kind of I, I went through my licenses very early, 
um, got got level one, level two, UA for B, all done before twenty years old, um, and then decided, you know, that I knew everything, and uh, you know there was tons of roadblocks in my way, and I couldn't get the academy coaching jobs that I really wanted, and uh, I'd also lived in Norfolk for a long time, and although it's a lovely place. Um, you know, my eyes were definitely set on traveling and going around. So coaching in the US, I know a lot of coaches do it. It's a good experience. And it's one that I really set towards um, and found and didn't just want to go over there and do some camps. I wanted to go over there and see if I could find a role, um, which was great. I found a role supporting another English guy who'd set up an academy in New Jersey. Um, really enjoyed working with teams. Um, and then... Uh, eventually kind of kept looking for more roles, eventually found my way to California um, where I took on a role as director of programs for a, a, a club that had ages kind of eight through 15 at the time, um, playing in the competitive leagues um, that became their director of coaching. Um, then some visa issues, um, decided to start my own company um, to first of all, just to establish a visa and that was really, um, that kind of brings me back to why I'm in this in the first place. It's really, I couldn't let it go. I wanted to stay in the US. I wanted to keep coaching. I wanted, I didn't want to do anything else. So it was whatever I need to do, I'll do it. So I met with a lawyer, uh, got some funding, figured out how to start a company. Um, and that's, that kind of took on the next part of my journey in terms of building a, a coaching company. Brilliant. And uh, there's, a, there's a few things in there. Um, firstly, I, I sort of picked up on the fact that you, you, you mentioned, obviously, it took some time for you to really realise that actually you can make a bit of a career out of this. Um, so I'm going to come back on to that, that point. I think the other thing is you talk a lot around like how you moved your worked your way into to the next role. And it kind of almost just throughout your journey bounced from sort of one position to the next. And it sounds like it's a very smooth transition, but I know for obviously for a lot of coaches um, listening in that maybe wherever they are on the journey, that will really resonate with them. Just those having to make big decisions at, at critical points to look after your own sort of opportunities and almost pave those opportunities for you. So um, you, you touched on it um, at the beginning, just around when, when did you realise it was going to, be a career so what what made you feel it was there a point where you thought actually this is this is going to be pretty tough for me to to keep going you know was that a one-off point or was there lots of moments where actually you thought it was going to be difficult and, and why yeah there probably were um the difficulties that I had didn't really resonate with me because there was too many driving factors towards what I was doing so Number one, my happiness. Number two, proving everyone wrong because people said you can't do it. And people say, you you know, coaching football, maybe, you you know, you have to be this or you have to have played in the Premier League or you have to have done that um, to get to the top. And I, I refuse to believe that. Um, and just, I, you know, there was taking risks seemed way easier when you're younger. And so I, I don't really remember having a situation where I felt, ah, it's now or never. It was always a case of, 
well, you know, there's tons of opportunities out there. Let's just keep finding them, keep knocking on doors, keep finding opportunities. And if I can't find it for other people, then I'll find it for myself. So um, it was really the, the determination to just stay in it and keep going um, and, and a self-belief that I really knew that I was good at this role, whether it's, you know, coaching four-year-olds or now coaching um, professional players. I, I, I just, I knew that was me and it didn't seem like another option almost, you know, it, it would have felt, it would have taken so much happiness away from me. I wasn't prepared to ever do it. Yeah, and I guess that that boy with the the cones getting given some by his nan still still there. I can tell by by you how your fight, face lights up when you when you're talking about coaching. You know, you can see that happiness is is still there and that enjoyment still still there, which is uh, which is brilliant uh, to see. And um, I think the the other side on the you mentioned about taking taking risks. Um, and I think that's really interesting as well, just having that that self-belief and determination to, you know, using those really early stages of your life in terms of being an adult, actually, because you haven't got all of those commitments that allows you to be a little bit more um, advantageous with going for those those opportunities. And sometimes it's perceived, you know, being busy can be a negative, um, you know, and actually going out and being proactive to try and find those opportunities, going make those visits go and build those connections actually there that's really important for you to to be able to pave the opportunities for, for yourself um i guess now you're in a position now where you've got coaches uh working uh with you and uh, obviously for your for, your, for your, your company and also under your, your clubs that you're working for uh, how does it look now supporting those coaches and you know is there anything from your own experiences that you now um suppose sort of sharing with them when you when you're working really yeah no there definitely are um starting united soccer coaching the premise of united soccer coaching again the reason that united soccer coaching exists is because i wanted to put my fate in my own hands and not have to rely on other organizations giving me visas or or, or taking the risk on me um, and so when i started that company the premise of it was going to be to create full-time jobs for coaches because I knew that there was so many people out there like me who wanted it, but maybe didn't have the pathway laid out for them, or maybe they were getting too much negativity around the possible journey in front of them that they'd be prepared to give up quickly. Uh, and also I was tired of watching um, what, what we call cowboy coaches, pulling a bunch of balls out of their car, charging fortunes and having kids running laps and yelling at them on the weekend. And I was like, that's not what coaching is. There's so much more that goes into the, the planning, the education, the, you know, taking them through the different phases of their journey in terms of their age and size and um, role within the game. So um, bringing those people in um, and being able to guide them uh, and some of them have stayed with us for a long, long time, um, you know, five, six years, some of them have been with us and, and really enjoyed that journey and others have used us um, to not only get into the game but then stay in the game or work into other roles within sports where perhaps before they were thinking 
you know, sports might not be the, the right journey for me because it's, you know, it's so competitive and it's, it's often very, very difficult to get those opportunities. So yeah, uh, leading coaches now um, is a really fulfilling part of my job because I see a lot of myself in them when I'm working with them. Yeah, fantastic. And you talk about opportunities, obviously something that you've been able to, to pave uh, throughout your time. And you mentioned obviously how competitive it is now. When, when you're looking at who you're determining, who I'm going to give the opportunity to, or when you're revising, actually, these are the things that are going to help you get, get the next role. What, what sorts of things can, can individuals do to a, identify opportunities and then secondly, try and secure, secure them as well? Is there any, any tips or anything that's worked well for you throughout your, your journey? So uh, persistence is a really underrated skill. I, yeah. I think being persistent and um, also putting the best version of yourself forwards always, because no one wants to hear from someone who's just whining that they don't have an opportunity yet. Um, finding a way to put the best side of yourself forwards really helps. And also know when you feel like a door is closed, then go find another one and keep putting your best version of yourself forwards in that, in that way. Um, because there will be, there will be, directors and there will be um, company owners and there will be managers that will will want to keep you the way you are and fulfill a role for them uh, and not bring you on to the next level because it's convenient for them or or it really supports their vision um, so if you feel like you're being held back or you feel like you're not getting the best out of yourself um, then never be afraid to to start looking in different directions you I mean you, you you mentioned me I've got three job roles right now i've had four in the past so i've also worked on the on the board of the local um uh league that's here in the governing committee in the league so it, it's it's just keep working towards what you want to be working towards and, and also for me it's also a skill set thing if i see that there's another opportunity to build a different skill um that maybe takes me out of my comfort zone um then i'll go for it yeah and we had a podcast uh, with mark bennett and mark bennett talks a lot about purpose um, and then having the lighthouse and understanding your purpose. And I think what, what comes out quite clearly with you is actually you've got some strong values and beliefs, but also a driving factor of what you, you want to achieve and, you know, having real clarity. And actually, this is where I want to want to go. And that, 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 that in itself is not a skill everyone has or a vision that everybody has. So is that something that's always been with you since, since day one? Or has that changed as time's gone on? Have you kind of adapted way, where you see yourself? based on other things in life coming into, into factor, you know? I mean, if you ask my wife, she'll still tell you I'm lazy. So I've got, <laughs> I've got a driving force behind me. Uh, she, she was a professional. My wife was a professional violinist um, for about 10 years. Um, she has two master's degrees. She's went and got her MBA after being a musician and now works in finance, just swapping careers as if it's like nothing. Mm. So um you know, she's a great inspiration. Um, but for me, yeah, no, it's it. everything that's uh, everything that I've kind of worked towards or worked for has has really been based on a football decision. How do I stay in this game? How do I generate more happiness for myself? How do I get more autonomy to try new things and do more? Um, those have always that's always been kind of a, a selfish thing. But um yeah, now I'm in a in a much better position um, in terms of 
having the opportunities and being able to create my own opportunities, which is a really, really good feeling. But it takes time. There's no quick jump towards that step. Yeah, what what made you go away from pursuing those opportunities in England to, to actually, I know you obviously touched on on travelling and I know your situation's a bit different now with kids and, a, and your partner, so it's a little bit more difficult for you. But um, was there, did you feel that actually the opportunities in England weren't there and actually you felt that there may, you may be able to get some of those opportunities further afield? And is there ever a sense of you actually thinking, actually, I can gain all these experiences and go into trying to get back into the, the English system? Or are you, you're pretty content with sort of exploring now that obviously you've joined at a fantastic time for, for, for the US soccer, right? And, you know, the growth of it is it's probably quite different to what it was 10, 10 15 years ago, right? In, yeah, in terms of the growth and stuff. So, Yeah, it, it, it has changed a lot here. And there is no doubt it, it's it's far more geared towards supporting talent than it ever was. Um, there's really now a channel and a pathway. And, and I've enjoyed being part of that process. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I moved I moved from England at 23. So, um, and it was a move. It wasn't I'm going away for the summer. It was right, I'm off. I'm, you know, there's a good chance I'm not coming back because I'm going to make it happen. Um, and having that determination and that, um, just desire to want that um, but of course at that point I knew that you know the, the big opportunities are in England but that, that wasn't necessarily what I was I knew I needed at that point um, there's been talk of going back to Europe um, my, my wife is also French she's European so there's been talk of us moving back and being closer to family and, and taking opportunities there um, but we've both been so happy um, and seeing the growth here uh there's there's not really been a yearning for me uh to want to go back just because moving at 23 um i'm now 38 so most of my adult life or well, a vast majority of my adult life and my network um now my friends although i'm still close to my friends in england i grew up with them um, you know it's 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 here um and also uh coming to america at the beginning uh, my accent gave me a lot of credibility, so that was a that was a big driving force. When oh, I can I can get in a lot of different rooms just by talking. This is wonderful, um, and people actually want to listen. So that that was a good thing, and that was something that um, spurred me on to want to stay and um, kind of gave me the the boost I needed to to want to keep going here. Yeah, that's fantastic, Nathan. I suppose the last last couple of things um, before we before we round it up, and the advice that you. You're giving for anyone listening in, I think is is massive. I think in terms of staying in the game, it's very difficult. Um, I love your reference to happiness um, and that being the thing that fulfills you. And actually, that's whilst there's the footballing side of it, that that is vitally important uh, for you to have that. Um, you get that from your the opportunities that you're creating, that that fulfilment from your own success and achieving your your own goals it, it seems very much um i guess really then for for any coaches then that are finding it difficult to to create those opportunities or considering potentially leaving or have had moments where actually i'm not sure i can, I can keep going what what advice would you you give to coaches that are staying that are looking to stay in football you know so um Advice is something that I, I, I give regularly, but it's not 
it's not for everyone um, because everyone has to find their own journey. And, and whether it's I'm talking to kids about um, what their next journey is towards playing in college um, or, or trying to make it in the pro game, I know very well that every single person's journey is different. Everyone's dealing with different things at home. Everyone's dealing with um, different setbacks. Um, it's it's having the courage to keep going. For me, it was the the just I couldn't be without it. So whether you know it it wouldn't have mattered to me. I had to make this my career because if you're doing. If you're doing something you love, you know, it's, it doesn't feel like work. Honestly, I wake up on Saturday mornings and I can't wait to get to the games and I can't wait to see what happens. Even if it's, you know, we've played really well and lost 3-0, I'm excited to have that moment where we talk about it's, you know, it's how we come back from this that matters. It's, you know, let's see how training works next week. And it, everything about it was just something I wanted to to be a part of and I and I that once I've had that feeling I'd never wanted to lose it um so it's really a case of you know protecting what you love and doing what you love and finding that happiness and if you can bring that towards a lifestyle that you want to live um and and that to me has meant a lot of things too that to me has meant you know, having to to hitch rides off people, having to live with families when I haven't had, you know, asking to stay in people's houses because I haven't had the money to pay rent or, um, you know, having a car at one point with no brakes and I'm using a handbrake to go up and down the hills in San Francisco. You wouldn't believe it, but these are, you know, I couldn't afford to pay for other things, but it it was never a case of why am I living this life? Why am I doing this it was it was so much more fulfilling to know that on the weekend I get to go work with players or you know we're having a coaching session tomorrow or, or I'm starting to build a company that's going to help these coaches that that meant so much more to me than anything that um you know any secure job or or lifestyle will give me and and now I found that um to a certain degree um but yeah, that, that, that is the driving force. It's wanting to do something that I love as much as I possibly can. Yeah, brilliant. And as you mentioned, it would be different for everyone, right? Um, and I suppose it's finding what it is that drives you uh, as, a, as a person. I think what's really refreshing is just the clarity in your own mind of what really determines what you perceive success, achievement, um but actually while you're doing it you know i think it's the that that element of having fun enjoying it loving it um and actually sometimes you can get engrossed in all the other stuff and actually you know not losing sight is it's football it's it's what we all get involved here as a kids we want to do it because we love it um and it's really important wherever your role is don't lose that you know and, and if you feel like you are find another way of getting that back so that love and that enjoyment is still still there whatever level you're you're working at um i suppose just really to 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 last one before we sort of wrap it up really would then be just around you know so you've you've been able to pay the bit of a career for yourself have you, have you got any tips for for coaches then that are maybe doing it voluntarily or part-time or actually now looking at trying to create a, an opportunity to make this a career what have you got any any advice um around that at all uh patience um because i didn't have much and that that um that created a roadblock for me at times because i was so impatient um but patience is key like i said i'm 38 now i started coaching 
uh, very early on, um, both in volunteer roles, paid roles. Um, and then this is my first opportunity right now to work with a professional team as their director of performance and, and really getting to have a feel of what it is I've always wanted to work towards um, and having the ability to work with professional players who, who are getting paid and it's, it's their full-time jobs. Um, that's something that I wanted for a long time. So keeping that vision and keeping those goals alive but knowing that it takes patience to get there and a lot of persistence um, and never be afraid. I still run out there with the three and four-year-olds. We have a pre-academy program. I'm still out there and I'll, and I'll run sessions and I'll, I'll, I'm more than happy to do that. And, and I think not having the, you know, having the humility to be able to say it's football, it's for everyone and this is why we do it and not being, well, you know, I only work with academy players now, or you know, I don't, I don't really work with that level of players. No, it's it's not about that for me. Um, and finding the best version of you, um, often the best version of you could be as a creative coach is finding a way to keep. If you can find a way to keep ten three-year-olds excited throughout an hour-long session, then you're going to have to have some creativity. And if you don't have that, then you and you want to go work with pros you you you're going to struggle so uh for me it's yeah be humble have humility um be patient and um never lose sight of the goals that are in front of you that you've set for yourself from probably a young age i know it was for me absolutely i have to ask the question to finish off then nick so uh you've touched on it obviously how to keep the three and four year olds entertained anything that when you were coaching me, you, you notice any challenges, anything that you you remember at all? Yeah. Now, I, I, do you know what? It's funny. So those those were some of the funnest times I had in coaching was working in the community scheme, um, running camps and clinics, seeing the lads over at, at Thorpe, where I know you were playing. Um, but no, one thing that's funny, and I'll, I'll let your listeners know, um, even with you, you were always very attentive to the detail and um, always a very good listener and always looking for how things are working. So I could see the coach in you at 14, 15, as I could see it in myself. Now, maybe I didn't have the courage to go and try and guide you at that point, um, but I could see it. Uh, I could see how how you were listening and wanting and, and seeing how things kind of mapped together in terms of even if it was a summer session, uh, you were always looking towards the detail of what we were doing. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's funny, you can see that in people. And even now when I'm now picking coaches for uh, United Soccer Coaching and, and going through that process, uh, it's really easy to see the ones that have that that eye for coaching and that eye for the detail that, that really want and care. Um, because if you don't care, you'll get found out really fast. Yeah. Uh, and finding people that care and want to be in it is important. That's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a sucker for, for detail, probably sometimes too much detail with stuff. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's good, to, good to know. I never thought I was a, a particularly great listener. So I'm glad that I, I, it, it felt that way for someone that was, uh, was coaching me. So yeah, thank, thanks for sharing. Um, I, I would definitely um, recommend anyone to to check out United Soccer Coaching and all the work that, that Nick's doing um, out in America. I think it's a, a great opportunity for, um, you know, just to hear a little bit more about Nick and his journey and obviously look at 
more into to the program from a personal experience of going out to to the states when I was young as well. I know that it, it can be a, a brilliant opportunity for not only just to develop your your coaching, but life skills, seeing different cultures, different uh, ways of working. And I think for any coaches, uh, if you're looking at trying to become well-rounded and learn to adapt to dealing with different people, um, obviously something like Nick's done of, of going and paving an opportunity in a career like he has, I think is a, it's really impressive. But I, you know, I, I'm sure that it will inspire lots of other coaches that are, are listening in to, to go and make it happen too. So, uh, Nick, it's it's been great. I, I really appreciate you you opening up and sharing uh, parts around your, your journey and what's allowed for you to to stay involved in coaching. And uh, you know, it's it's been brilliant to be able to connect with with you again after some some time, um, and and to to hear how well you're doing. And I'm really looking forward to to seeing how things progress um, with you. And I'm sure that determination and drive. Um, will only continue to help you to grow within your, your career so yeah thanks for, for joining us on the podcast thank you Ross and thank you for these podcasts um, because these along with many others coaching podcasts keep me keep me alive during my commute to games in Sacramento or Fresno or wherever we end up getting sent it's a you know sometimes we have three four hour long trips to get to games so the, this is what I listen to all the time so anyone who's doing football coaching podcasts podcasts thank you very much and you can now listen to yourself on loop nick so this is the the good thing right <laughs> so this might be the one that i avoid this yeah. might be the one i avoid <laughs> great stuff right brilliant thank you again and um yeah really appreciate it and yeah do definitely touch out uh touch base with with nick and and reach out to him if there's anything that's um you know that's resonated with you today and thanks for tuning in